Hello, everyone. My name is Natalie Linez, and welcome to my new podcast, Ground Up, where we're going to be talking with some incredible and inspirational people and also having chats with just you and I. On the interview weeks, I'm going to be talking with actors, entrepreneurs, visionaries, and more. And they're going to be giving us insight on how they got to where they are. How did they discover their purpose? What habits have they cultivated? And I have a feeling that they've had some trials and tribulations along the way. But they're going to tell us everything from the ground up. Every other week through your DMs and emails, I'm inviting you to take control of the topic. I'll pick one, I'll research it, and I'll give my perspective on the topics that you care most about. So far, these have included manifesting and vision boarding, acting tips, morning routine tips, tools that I use to stay motivated and healthy, and even relationship stuff. And of course, this segment had to be called Coffee Chats with Nat. So grab a coffee and join me every Wednesday for a new episode anywhere you get podcasts. Welcome to Ground Up with me. Natalie. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ground Up with Natalie. Today, we have one of my dear friends, Nikki Koss, on. She is an award-winning actress, director, and producer, best known for her role as Alexis in Famous in Love, as well as directing multiple feature films, commercials, and she started her award-winning production company, K-Factor Films, in 2021. Her mission behind K-Factor Films is to uplift what would be overlooked filmmakers and to promote female empowerment, diversity, and equality. Please welcome a Forbes 30 under 30 <laughs> select Nikki Cos. Hi. <laughs> we start every episode with the ground up three, which okay. are three very difficult questions. Um, so sorry about that. But first question is, where are you from? I'm from here, LA. Wow. Yeah. Unicorn. What was your first dream job? My first dream job was to be an actress. Really? I was, yeah, I was actually, I was three and I came up to my mom and out of nowhere and I was like, I want an agent. And I had no idea what that was, but I just knew it was like what actors have. Mm-hmm. And honestly, ever since then, that's what I had wanted to be until I started working behind the camera. Wow. Did your mom like know what to do to help you pursue that? Or was she like, oh, that's cute, honey. And then yeah, like- she was kind of like, oh, that's cute because I would switch my like I would I had so many different passions and I wanted to pursue every single one they were all like creative but that was the one that was very consistent throughout my whole life and I would continue to like be in her ear about and then when I was nine she was kind of like all right well let's let's try you're an adult now yeah (laughs) you're an adult in actor land nine is an adult yeah it's true so I did get an agent and I started modeling and acting and and kind of getting all into it and then it was really two years in where I felt that I had realized at the time what it took to actually take it seriously, and I wasn't prepared to do that, and I wanted to be a kid, so I took a long break, and then it found me later in my life. At what age? 18? I was 16. Um, it's kind of, I don't think I've ever told this story Let's before, hear it. But, um, this is literally what Ground Up is. Like, I want to know how you got started. (laughs) When I came up with the concept for this podcast, I was like, I want to know how someone goes from not being a series regular to being a series regular. Because I know it takes like, even you're like, I planted the seed at three. Yeah. And then at nine. And then you probably booked it at what you booked your series regular role at eight. 
16? No, I think it was like 22. Maybe? Okay, there 20. we go. Like 12 years it took you to actually, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I love hearing all the parts where you're like, oh, I stopped for four years, but then I went on audition yeah. for six years. And it's crazy. Everyone has like a completely different yeah, journey. Totally. And but it's always but the a journey. <laughs> it's always a journey. But the one thing everyone had that no one says is like, oh, yeah, it happened overnight. Yeah. That's like the only common thread. On the surface, it seems like it happened overnight for literally everyone. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, I love that. So what's the story? (laughs) What's the story Um, you haven't told? Okay. So I was, I think I was 16. Um, I was going to see Never Say Never, the Justin Bieber movie with my (laughs) friends. And we were standing outside getting our tickets and a homeless man was like talking to a couple of young girls behind us. And I remember him saying like, oh, you're going to be a doctor to the other one. You're going to be a lawyer or something like that. And I'm not usually one to randomly approach, but I was like, I turned around. I was like, what am I going to be? And this was a time in my life where I was, I knew I wanted to figure it out, but I didn't quite know what it was. Um, And so I had a bowl in my house on the like dining room table that my mom put out. And every day I would decide okay what do I want to be when I grow up today and I would put it in the bowl and then I was like I'll just tally it up at the end and figure out what I have the most of oh my god I was like watching Grey's Anatomy so I was like maybe I want to be a neurosurgeon it was always different and so I was a little bit lost and I know as a 16 year old what 16 year old isn't but I felt very strongly that I, I wanted to figure it out um and so I said that to this man and he looks at me and he's like you're going to be in Hollywood. And I was like, oh, like a writer or, you know, and he's like, no, you're going to be in the movies. And he goes, but you're going to have to sleep with one eye open. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And went inside the movie and I just had this thing happen during this movie where I, I felt like almost, I don't want to say possessed, but I just, I could not get this guy out of my head. And I just, was repeating this over and over in my head and then I went to the restroom and I was washing my hands and this girl walked in who was an actress that I really really admired at the time and had a couple different random weird connections with um just emotionally ever since that moment that whole month or two months or whatever it was I just felt like I was seeing signs everywhere I looked Mm -hmm. and I felt closer to the source so to speak than I ever had in my life and I just knew at that point I I found it and I like it was completely I hadn't wavered since obviously then I started working behind the camera and things shifted as they naturally do yeah when you get older and discover other things that you love that's a really cool story. Yeah, I got was, the chills. Oh, really? It's because I love hearing people's like, just people who are dreamers and have dreams and then yeah. so they, it gets solidified by either a sign or they feel connected to something bigger, right? Because yeah. I feel like right now these days people are so, we are so connected to um, material things and Instagram and it's rare that people are like, feel connected anymore to like a strong source yeah. or God or manifestation and all of that. So that moment was really obviously pivotal and important in your life. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, um, I'm not like that spiritual of a person, but that moment in my life was the most spiritual I, I had ever felt. So life. then you're like, okay, I'm going headfirst into acting and, and you started to pursue it from there. Yeah, so I went to my mom and I was like, I figured it out. I want to be an actress. And she was like, 
put it in the bowl. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 like, screw the bowl. Like, this is it. And she was like, okay, well, let's see how you feel tomorrow. And I stayed up all night doing, <laughs> like, you know the uh, photo booth on, on the yep on the computers? Yeah. Um, I was recording myself doing, like, monologues I found <laughs> online all night. I stayed up all night doing this. And I was like, oh, I think I'm, I'm good. I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. I probably was terrible at the time. Yeah. But... I told her the next morning and I was like, I found a coach. This is where I like, he's in Simi Valley. And she was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> um, but I wore her down eventually and started taking classes and uh, learning and coaching and just found my agent through that. And then my manager at the time. And then I started to go through the motions. And when I was 18, I booked my first role and it was a supporting role in an indie movie and it was shooting in texas over the summer and i was all set to go to college and i decided you know what i i don't want to go and i spent my whole high school career like doing x y and z always for college for college and i just had sort of an epiphany where i was like i know what i want to do and college is great but i'm ready to start and i don't have any time to waste um So that was a battle in and of itself with my family. And eventually I got everyone to kind of acquiesce to the idea of me not going to college. And I I started. So that movie really started it all for me. And um, I knew that if I wasn't going to go to college, I needed to treat my beginning of my career as what would be my college experience. And I worked really really hard and um when I was going through that first year I realized as an actor you know you can only do so much to progress your career and I felt like I didn't have any a lot of control over my career so I started I got my friend my best friend at the time who was we were writing some things together and uh we decided to put together a web series and I, had the, I was the only one that had been on set before. I had no idea how to direct or do anything, but I was like, I guess I kind of know what to do, so I'll direct it, you write it, and we put it together, and we did a whole season, and we went to festivals, and Whoa. we just like learned it as we went, and um, that kind of started everything. Before I forget, the third question is, what was your first job job? Did you have one? Like Mine was like a bagger oh, yeah. at Albertsons. I love that question. Yeah. Yours was a bagger at Albertsons. <laughs> yes. For like two and a half years. It, oh it wasn't God. like a stint. I love that for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, my first job job was in high school uh, <clears throat> working as a, like I was filing files at a law firm Mm. but that was just I was in high school but my first job out of high school was a hostess at a restaurant that no longer exists and that was a wild experience that was like pre me too and I was 18 and I was exposed to a lot of really inappropriate behavior that at the time I just thought was like completely normal yeah it was crazy we have very similar like early 20s life. Yeah. So I was a hostess. I also didn't go to college because I was like, I want to just get started. Yeah. And I don't know about you, love college, love it for people, but I feel really glad that I had that ambition to yeah. be like, no, I want to get started because technically if I went to college for four years in the world of acting and TV and film, 
then you're kind of set back four years for regardless. Sure. Even if you learn a bunch of cool stuff, you still have to relearn how to audition for TV and film, which is like a lot different and get out there and get those auditions. in. so yeah. I was like, all right, I want to start my career. And so I took it very seriously as well. And like, didn't go to birthday parties, didn't do this, had to bail on this if I had an audition the next day, all of that. Um, but the hostess thing was real too. Where did you work? There was, it was this restaurant called Smoke in okay. West Hollywood. It, it's actually like a location that since then, I, I think there's been five restaurants that have mm. come through. Oh yeah, those ones. I know yeah, exactly where it's like, ooh, that poor place yeah, is gonna shut down doomed. again. It's doomed. But you're so right about like making sacrifices when you're when you decide not to go to college I think like you either decide not to go to college and get some random job and you know work the nine to five and you can kind of still party and have fun but if you decide to not go to college and still feel like you have something to prove that I kind of felt like I wanted to prove to everyone in my life that even though I didn't go, it was for the better. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you probably felt similarly. Mm -hmm. And you had to make a, you have to make a lot of sacrifices. And at that age, most people really just care about partying, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you do at that age. Um, but it was it was weird. I felt like, and I'm curious if you felt this way too. I felt like I had to grow up ten times quicker. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I was very tunnel vision I also and I think you too like had no money as far as like I didn't have any like from parents yeah so I had to I moved from Orange County so I always joked that if my mom lived in LA I would have lived with her until I was 25 <laughs> but I moved at 20 and so oh my god I moved here with like three grand and it went in the first month and I was shocked yeah I, I, like, I remember every time I would get a job I would be like just about to go negative on my bank. Yeah, exactly. And then it hits on Friday. Yeah. You're, you're like $500 paycheck yeah. and you can get through the week. Um, yeah, the the sacrifices were, were definitely real. And um, also like when I first moved to LA, well, I was coming up to LA at 16, 17. Oh, that's right. To do auditions. No, 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 no. So I started pursuing really when I was like more 18. But my friends and I would come up and party. Oh, fun. When I was still figuring out what I liked. And then, but yeah. very quickly, I was like, I don't like this place. Like, I, I'm not the type that felt like you I had that to. about LA? No, about the club. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would, Same. Yeah, I would, whereas a lot of people know they don't like it, but they still go. Yeah. I was just like, ooh, this doesn't feel good. And I did the, like, I'm sh I know you did if you lived in LA. Like, the just, you went like Justin Bieber's house or whatever and, and like had to give your phone and yeah the promoter with the fake ID yeah <laughs> and like celebrities this and I'm like in the after party at 2 a.m and yeah. I'm like bro I'm tired like yeah. I want to go home so it was very <laughs> short-lived for me Same. it was like an 18 to 20 thing and then I yeah. was like the yeah. second I turned 21 I was no longer Same. interested in using my ID really Same, like, <laughs> literally I'm like wait where's the guy where I have to slide it on yeah. slide the 20 under my ID <laughs> to get in this place yeah yeah, yeah. or like memorize the you know zodiac sign of the yes. fake id <laughs> oh those are good times though those, are good, those times. are good times but you can't like the thing is with acting with any career that you want to pursue and be super successful at and get to the top level at you can't be having those habits of yeah. staying out till 3 a.m once a week which is interesting because it's an environment that breeds those habits that's true so it's like you're constantly up against this temptation, so to speak, but I think we got lucky in that we weren't tempted by it. Right. 
Because maybe it's just we are not into. We're just grandmas at heart. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> so that's exactly it. Because I know we both go to bed really early, even now. I can't even remember last time I saw 2 a.m. <laughs> I know, same. Oh, my God. Brando has a softball game tonight at 9 p.m. Are you going? And he's like, do you want to come? And I'm like. I mean, That's I go to bed. Tough. I crawl in at 8.45. Yeah, yeah like, it's an 8.45 crawl in. <laughs> it's an 8.45 book in hand yeah, type of yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think, like, no matter what, it is an, th- this industry is something, like you said, that breeds that kind of behavior. But I do feel like if you were to sit down and kind of choose your battles, right? Because there's something, there's networking. Yeah. I don't know. I'd actually love to hear your opinion on this. So... You know how they say it's who you know, not what you know? Uh-huh. Okay. I believe that to an extent, especially relationships as you get further progressed in your career where you're like, oh, I worked with that director and we had a great rapport, da da mm-hmm. But I, to this day, do not believe that like you have to go to those parties to meet people, to then get you or date the producer and date yeah. the director and flirt with like, no, no, yeah. that's not how it works. They're not going to give you, first of all, I want to earn my role in something because you're going to be treated with much more respect second of all the amount of people that have to choose you for a role whether that be in a tv series or a film forget it you can't it's not one person it's not one person they're not going to put you as the lead in their film like you know what i mean just because they like you yeah or met you because you went to this thing and and go to things and put yourself out there and yes make connections and get coffee dates and pick people's brains and stay curious but in my opinion, so far for me, it's really been working my way like through the through the auditions yeah. and the casting directors getting to know me and then working on something. And I did recently get a show that I was on. The producer of this other thing I was auditioning for called him and was like, hey, how was Natalie on, on Siren? And he was like, she was great. I love yeah. her. So I was like, oh, cool. It works. Like that is a, you know, that's a real thing. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's something that exists in like any job right is like if you're hiring someone you're probably gonna call their last person that employed them and kind of do a little digging um so it's great in that sense but I 100% agree with you that like the parties to be seen at are very much useless to be seen at they're they can be fun um Mm -hmm. but I think that a lot of people use the idea of networking as an excuse to go out and party and you know take pictures and get dressed up and that's totally fine like go do that that's fun but don't cloud that with the idea that you're progressing your career because I think networking is so important and I think like the idea of it's who you know not what you know I think you need both I think you need to have connections and then you need to know how to utilize them but when I first started I made a list of every single person I knew in the industry down to like makeup artists, sound designers, producers, anyone I could think of. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't go to college and I I decided I'm kind of creating my own course situation here, whatever they call it in college. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Course. Course course load? No. Semester? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um, Syllabus. Syllabus. I think that's right. Yeah. You created your own (laughs) syllabus. syllabus. Yeah. So I went to coffee. I reached out to every single one. I was like, I want to get in the industry. I would love to take you out for coffee and pick your brain. I love that. It's a $5 coffee, you know, a lot cheaper than a semester. And I would sit down and I would pick their brain. And sure, I was learning 
Um, I took away a lot of information from each session, so to speak, but I was making connections. And then when it was time to audition for something, you know, you look at the breakdown and you find like your mutual connections with each person on it. And sometimes you can use them. Sometimes you can't. And now you go on sets and there's, it would be weird if you didn't recognize one person in mm-hmm. some department. But I, I felt like doing that was like just unbelievably helpful for me and my trajectory. That's such a good tip for people, for anyone in any industry to kind of go through your Rolodex yeah. and, and write out a sheet and be like, okay, let's say you want to, well, let's say acting or in the industry. So you write down on a piece of paper every single person that you know and you make yourself uncomfortable and you yeah. reach out to them and you go, hey, it's me. I'm the problem. No. It's me. <laughs> um, you reach out to them and you're like, I was hey. waiting one Taylor Swift. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> Straight up, I would love to pick your brain. I always think about when I'm embarrassed to ask someone that. I think if someone said that to me. Yeah. If someone DM me and was like, hey, I really look up to you. Can I pick your You'd brain? I would be like, absolutely. Yeah. The thing is like this town is very much run on egos regardless of like what department or area you're in. Yeah. And people love to hear themselves talk and they love to think that they're in a position to give advice. And I think people feel flattered and I I think they like it. Honestly, I really do. You went on a bunch of auditions and how many auditions do you think it took before you, did you go straight to series regular or did you book a guest star or a co-star? To this day, Famous in Love is the only time I've ever been on TV. I'm dead. (laughs) Um, Everyone seriously has such a different trajectory. Yeah. Wow. I have been on so many auditions in my life. I mean, I'm sure we probably are at a similar number. Yeah, Um, that's true. Oh my God, wait, you're 29, right? Yeah, so we started around... The same time. So I'm sure we have like very similar... Wow, 382? (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's how many yours is? I'm kidding. I I was like, no, it has to be more than (laughs) that. No, I'm just kidding. It's more. Yeah. Definitely more. Um, I say when I, I did an episode of this, and I think I said, took me about 300 to book my first... Audition Interesting. to book my so first So I had role. been auditioning a lot in my like nine-year-old actress <laughs> era. <theory. laughs> that era. Um, so if you count those, it was a lot more. Um, but it was a lot. I auditioned quite a bit and I had been working for probably about five years really hard and really consistently before I booked that show. And I'd done a bunch of like indie movies, small roles. And I did one studio film that was just kind of a, a crazy thing. I just auditioned for it and, and got the role. Oh, so I feel fun. like usually there's more steps. <laughs> well, you auditioned a million times and yeah. you were putting tons of energy into acting in the industry and, and getting somewhere successful in that. So that's what it was. There was no yeah. accident. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, so then I'm you- still not over the Albertsons thing. <laughs> I'm just like picturing you. <laughs> 16, baby. 16. Wait, can I tell the story? So when I, I was so excited to turn 16 to get a job because you can't work under 16 oh, yeah, in California. Like, I remember that. Yeah. So I was babysitting at 15. So technically my first you know, job is like babysitting for money. And my aunt owned like a furniture company. So I would go to her house and sand furniture to like make some money. That's but cute. I couldn't wait to turn 16 to get like a real job. Same. So at 15 and... 11 months and 20 days, I applied for Albertsons. <laughs> and I will never forget. So it's a long application. Oh, on- my God. Really? Yes. Online. 
long, long, long. So I filled it out and I was in class in high school <laughs> when I got the call from Bob, the oh manager. And I had a little boyfriend Were in high school. So oh, jumping, <laughs> jumping. Oh, I was like, he came out of class. I was like, babe, like you wouldn't believe it. I was going to say his name and I was like, that's weird. <laughs> I was like, I booked, or <laughs> I booked, I booked Martin. No. What did your mom I, say? He was probably like, cool. No, he, he was like so supportive. <laughs> I was like so excited. So yeah, I told my mom, da, da, da. And it was like five minute drive from my house. So yeah, I would, um, <laughs> I actually went back because it's in Ladera Ranch, which is like an hour and a half from here south. And I haven't been in years. And I went down to go see my mom. And I was like, I'm going to go to Albertson's. And it was wild. There's like a couple. Oh, your old Alberts. Yeah, my old Albies. <laughs> and I went in and it was really fun. I was like, wow, this is where I spent. Was everyone like, oh my God. There were, there were a couple people that were, yeah. That's so, and you loved it? I did. You know, it's so like a bunch sweet. of, we're all, the baggers were all like, I feel like these days. <laughs> so like, you know, these days it's like, kids aren't usually baggers at Albertsons these days because now we're in a totally different time, right? Yeah. Like. The productivity has gone way down. The The dreams and aspirations have gone up. You don't see kids working these days. No. Unless it's like they're trying to be TikTok stars. Exactly, exactly. So you see a lot of like older people that are bagging at at grocery stores, which is great because they need jobs too. Like yeah. everyone. But for me, it was like kind of fun. It was like we were all <laughs> teenagers. Um, and like I had a... That was your crew. Yeah, it was my crew. I had a huge crush on the other bagger, Cody. Oh my God, what did your boyfriend have to say? No, that? we were breaking up. Whoa. We broke up. <laughs> because of Cody? No, no, no. We only I dated... I like how you were cool with saying Cody's name. But I know, <laughs> it's funny. The other name is so... It's like not a... It's not like an Adam. Oh, it's yeah. It's like a very like, like... He'll know. It's just a specific name. <laughs> kind of like need to know now. <laughs> yeah, such, that was an era for That's, sure. That was an era. That might have been your best era. That was my best era because then I would go home and print headshots and, oh, yeah. and resumes and send them in manila folders. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Good for you. Good for me. Never, obviously, like nothing came and like print CDs of my demo reel, which yeah, didn't that really. Makes, that makes sense Yeah, for you. I feel like there's two types of people and yeah. you and I are very similar in that we have always had a very entrepreneurial spirit and um, for me, I've always, like, I don't know, I just, I've always had a lot of fun working hard and, mm -hmm. being, you know, making myself feel productive. And I feel like that's something that starts at a very young age if you have that. Mm -hmm. And you have that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you we really, have it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if you don't have it and you want to cultivate it, something that's helped me over the years is like, I don't know, like, what inspires you? For me, I love, like, I read books and listen to podcasts of, like, motivational speakers mm. or people that have started businesses. I love hearing the podcast How I Built This by Guy Raz, oh, I where it's, one. like, pretty much ground up's concept. I oh, stole it from they, him. Oh, they um, probably stole it from me. Yeah, he stole it from me. He's, like, an award-winning. <laughs> no, but pretty much How I Built This, and they talk about massive, massive companies, and then they yeah. go to the owner that started it, and they're, like, how did you do this? Yeah, and like, that's where cool. did it start? I from? love that kind of thing. Like, what inspires you to stay motivated? I've actually found it to be a lot harder as I get older. And I, I wonder if it has anything to do with like just a young naivete that comes with being a young adult. 
and it's sad to think about it if that if that is the case but I also think we're just so inundated with social media and everything that is kind exists to kind of cloud that um so I find myself having to work at finding inspiration in a way that I never had to before and for me I would say if I'm watching a really great film that is number one because I'm like oh I want to I want to make a really great film now. You know, I I want to do what they did or I want to uh I want to experiment with a a similar choice or a similar within this medium and so watching an amazing movie is number 1. And then I love taking walks and music and being traveling is huge like being in different cities and being by myself traveling is really big for me and just taking a walk in a new city with my little airpods on i just got airpods um <laughs> she's a new airpod yeah. now owner. like the second i started trend it always immediately shifts into something else now these are cool yeah like girls with these <laughs> and i'm like with my little airpods i'm an airpod girly oh uh, well that makes me feel better because yeah. you're cool yeah <laughs> um but that for sure people too really are very inspiring to me. But I would say watching movies, music, and walking. I agree. The walking in different cities by yeah. yourself with AirPods is oh, so it's real. Crazy. It's crazy. I'm like, all right, I want to go home and start a multi-billion dollar yeah. business. Like, well, I feel like it really induces that main character energy. It does. Like, oh, I'm going to start my movie now. Uh, What's the next scene? That's so <sighs> true. Yeah, people yeah. need to walk more. And now I'm scared to walk in LA, but that's a different story. Oh, I know, it's horrible. Okay, so yes. you book... I really want to get into like directing and all that. Yeah. So so you book a series regular role on a huge show called Famous in Love. Three seasons or two seasons? Two. Two seasons. Okay. And um, you had so much fun. You learned so much, I'm sure. Yeah. Change, life-changing, really. Absolutely. How old were you? God, I don't quite remember. I think I was like around 22. Okay. I was in my very young 20s. Okay. Oh, so much fun. So It was amazing. What did you... Did your work ethic stay the same on the show? Were you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, my work ethic has been probably the most consistent thing in my life. I've always had it. And I think <clears throat> for me, I, I love what I do. So that's number one. But I also like I suffer from anxiety and I'm a control freak. And it's such an amazing way for me to soothe my anxiety working and feeling like I have some semblance of control over my life and my career <laughs> which is kind of ironic because acting is the most yeah is the most uncontrollable yeah is, is the most uncontrollable career that one could choose and I just recently after pursuing this for 10 years it was 2023 this year where the rose-colored glasses got taken interesting. off interesting where I was like oh nobody really cares about me I'm extremely replaceable and I cannot control how a director, casting director, agent, manager, producer, showrunner feels yeah. in this moment while they watch my tape, while they, anything. I cannot control booking it. I can only do. Yeah, you you really can't. You, there's nothing. So is that what led into directing? A hundred percent. Yeah. I, it was, it's very, acting is very, very difficult for me for that reason. And it always has been. And it still is. Um, and that's what initiated my shift into being behind the camera. And then once I was there, I realized how much I loved it and how, for me, I feel like directing encompasses 
everything I I love and that I'm good at. Mm. And it's, it feels like a miracle every day that I get to do a job that I feel like was like tailor made for me. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, but that's what initiated that for sure. Okay, so how did you get into directing? Now you're already in the entertainment industry. So obviously there's an easy like segue there. You already had connections. And so how does one like if someone's listening to this and they want to get into directing, like what's the first thing they should do? Acting, I feel like has a little bit more of a clear path Mm -hmm. um, with a formula and directing doesn't. You can't just send pitch emails and I mean you do, but it's. So I never went to film school. Most directors went to film school. And it's something that I still remain a little bit insecure about at times. Um, And I don't regret that choice at all. I don't think I would have gotten to the place I did in my career as as quickly as I did without, uh, without making that decision. But for me, what I did, the great thing about directing that acting doesn't allow for is that we all have a phone, right? And we all have an opportunity to go outside right now and go make a movie. And that's how I started is I just, I got a camera, like I I put together all my money that I had at the time to spend. And I got a little camera and I bought like $100 worth of mic equipment. And I went out and started learning and filming and I made a web series. And it's, you can't find online anymore because it's obviously nothing like how my directing style is now but it got me into festivals and then I met people from there and it just it's um I don't even want to say it's a trickle down it's like a trickle up you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but so you can go out there and you can just start and you can learn and um that's the number one thing I tell people is just if you want to know how to if you want to direct you need to go out there and make stuff people come to me all the time that say you know I'm a writer or I want to be a writer and I'm like okay great well what what have you written send me something and they're like oh, I'm st- I've been working on this script for a couple of years and they're not writing so if you want to direct number one you need to direct um, and you can't wait around for some big budget to do it or else you won't know what to do with that budget when it finally comes um, so that's number one and I would say number two is going out and networking and like I said make a list of everyone you know pick their brains find out their ground up stories and learn from that and and Pick apart the pieces that you can take with you and replicate or that, you know, you can morph into something that works for you. So networking, going out there and directing. And then the nice thing is um, directing is an industry where there's a lot of opportunities for growth that are available online, especially for underrepresented people and for women. Um, There's women in film, Glass Elevator, film fatals there's so many that you can just join and alliance of women directors you don't need to have at least I don't think you need to apply but I don't think you need to have like some crazy resume Mm -hmm. I joined when I was really young and there's communities that help you make connections and help you get jobs and then the last thing I would say is if you want to direct and you know anyone who is a director or producer you need to find a way to shadow shadowing Mm -hmm. is huge so Go call your director, your friend of your parents, friend, whoever, and just say, listen, whatever you're doing next, I'll, I'll make it work. I'll be there for a week and I want to come every day and shadow you. And you bring your notebook and you write down every single shot that they are doing, um, that they're shooting and you figure out what you would do differently. And 
you're making connections and you're learning at the same time. So there's so many things you can do mm-hmm. to progress your career as a director that unfortunately you can't quite do as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that's a good handful. Wow, that is so much great information. <laughs> uh, a couple of things you said. One thing that I picked up is like, so get on Google and look up some uh, female directing. Yeah. Like what would it be a groups cohorts type of like programs programs yeah, yeah. there's Sign so up for them. many programs like whatever your group is there's a program for right it. yeah get on there and do that today like that's something that yeah. someone could do today and then the energy gets put in the ball starts rolling and the, the seed is planted yeah. and then there's that work ethic of like calling someone you know and being like hey look you don't need to pay me anything like yeah. i i'm gonna make this work um Please keep me in mind for your next project. I would love to be there, kind of be your assistant for that day. Yeah. However, I would love to have the opportunity to be able to write some notes of the shot list for that day and any phone calls if I could be on them. Totally understand if I can't, but like would love to be a part of it because then you're inundating yourself. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Like if you're 32 listening to write this right now, like it's not too late. Oh, if, yeah. If you have that youthful energy and you're like, also, age is, it's just a number. Like, yeah. it doesn't mean anything. I was just listening to something the other day, and I, I found out that Vera Wang designed her first wedding dress when she was in her 40s. And that's her business. Is, is Really, that's the number one part of her business is designing wedding dresses. And even with acting, like, people think you have to start as a kid or you can't get into it. And sure, it's so much easier. But I can't tell you how many roles there are for 50-year-olds, 6-year-olds, 70-year-olds. I just cast an 80-year-old last week. Like, Yeah, exactly. There's opportunities everywhere. Right. If you're 48 and you're thinking of doing this and you get some headshots and you get started, like that director is going to see your tape for a small role be like, well, they're perfect. I love their look and I love the way they just said that line, but let me see everything they've been in. No, Yeah, tell us from a director's... So a lot of actors listen to this. Yeah. So like as a director, when you're watching audition tapes what are you what are you looking for are you are you going straight to their imdb are you watching the tape first like what's the yeah that's a good question i would say there's two types of casting processes for me um and for like my team and my casting team and um thus far what i've noticed is you there's certain roles where you're going for someone recognizable and for whatever reason to sell the project you need to fill certain roles with recognizable faces. We call them asses in seats. I didn't coin that. that I don't, wait, I don't even get it. Asses in like seats. To get oh, get the ass in, in the, the movie theater yeah, seat. Yeah. Okay, so I like, love it. So there's certain people. And sometimes like I did a movie once and we were trying to cast a certain role and we had this distri- distributor send us a list of 10 actors that are like asses in seats actors. Mm-hmm. And I thought so many of them were completely washed up and I like didn't even recognize some of them. But for whatever reason, those people are selling movies internationally. So there's certain roles where, you know, you're just, you don't stand a chance if you're not a name. Fine. Then there's another set of roles. And it's not just the small roles. um, Because once you fill these, then it's like a free for all. You can go with the best actors. And we watch auditions. And I would say I never look at their IMDb's until after I've decided I want to cast them. Yeah. So then it's 100% about the performance and um, then there's a lot of other factors that come into play that have nothing to do with the performance. Like, you know, they have to be related to this person or they have to have blonde hair for whatever reason or they're too short or, you know, a lot of the time in Hollywood now, like 
you know, you have to be, which is great, you have to be really cognizant of making sure you have representation for all different types of people. And that plays a factor. Um, so there's so many other elements, but I would say obviously number one, performance. And I would actually nine times out of 10, if the performance is good enough, for me at least, I try to, you know. Fight of, for that. Yeah, that becomes the most important. Yeah, or you might use them for something else. You might even be bummed yourself that you can't, you know, use them because it doesn't work. Time. Yeah, especially if I get hired onto something. Um, unfortunately, I've had a lot of experiences where I've wanted to cast the best actor and the producers had to cast the person with the most followers or, you know, a, whatever the reason is. Um, and that's that really does exist. And it's discouraging, but it's not the end all be all. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Instagram thing. Yeah. So even for, so what is your, do you want to do like features? Is that your favorite thing to direct? Yeah, for sure. Features yeah. is my favorite. I would love to do TV just because it, it's so different. I think it would be an interesting challenge. Like with TV, um, the showrunner is the overall creative god, so to speak. And you're really just kind of making a pizza that they order. And when you're making a feature you're creating a recipe from scratch. So they're very different mediums. And I would love to dabble in TV, but features are my Your favorite. baby. Yeah, my baby. So if you, were gonna, <laughs> if you were directing a Netflix feature, do you think that the studio would be like looking at uh, followers on Instagram? That's a good question. Or you're just not sure because you haven't done it yet? I think it would help. I think that if there's two actors that I'm deciding between and I'm fighting for the best actor... They're probably going to be fighting for the one with the most followers, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you have a director that is crazy enough about your performance, you have a very strong chance. Right. Right. Uh, I know. It's a uh, shame. Well, yeah, it is a shame. But I do think we're kind of on like the end of that. I, yeah. I really do. Yeah. Because now it's become so diluted that everyone has followers. Right. And it's hard to determine like what the actual optics are in terms of engagement. Um, and I think that it's kind of a lot less special now. Mm -hmm. So I think we're getting closer to hopefully being done with that. But. Yeah, that's such a good point. The pendulum always has to swing back yeah, the other way. Totally. Um, I agree completely. Like there's so many people with so many followers. There's family TikToks where like their whole, you know, it's like a mom, oh. dad and a little baby and they have like 3 million followers or everyone does makeup and yeah. this, that, the every other. Every niche you can think of, there's a every famous niche. influencer for it. Exactly. Every, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but a lot of people <laughs> want to be actors, right? That's, that's oh, Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, influencers, it's kind of funny. Influencers want to be actors and actors, successful wanna, actors yeah. want to be influencers. That's so true. That's you always want what you can't have. Yeah. The grass is always greener on the other side. I definitely feel super grateful that I'm always had a, such a passion for acting and got in so early because it's hard not to discourage anyone, but it's harder right now just because we're just flooded with so much content, so many different people. Yeah. And even I bet casting directors are confused right now on like what's going on. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Everyone's confused. Everyone's confused. So I think pick something to be passionate about and follow that dream. And if you feel at some point like you want to shift or you're into something else, like follow that. I yeah. think that actors get in, in their way so much. Like, oh, I didn't move here to That's so true. pursue something else. You feel else. like you're failing if you yeah. pivot. And that's not true. Like yeah. I, these past 
seven months, the only reason I haven't been like, I mean, I've definitely been, especially in the beginning of, I say seven months because the SAG strike is still going on. Um, in the beginning, I was definitely in this like, oh my God, who am I? Like what's yeah. going on thing? I'm also 28 to 29. So it's just like this shift of getting out of your 20s and being like, what what is happening? But I'm so lucky that I have magic and that I'm okay with myself like pursuing something else and it not being a side, like we don't have to have shame in it being a side thing. Yeah. It could be a main thing. I am a successful entrepreneur. I am a podcast host. I am an actor, but I'm also just me. Yeah. Like a being, a human being with love and I have a boyfriend and a family. You know what I mean? Like I think in this day and age, we try so hard to be something. Oh, I'm going to yeah. be a you celebrity makeup artist or stylist and that's what I identify with. And if I don't get it, then I'm less than or looking on Instagram and oh, that girl has it. Da, da, da. Like it's detriment. It's, oh, for yeah. sure. It's it's also like not possible. I remember when I was in high school and I'm sure every high school girl prob probably did this. But I would at the end of the day after school, I'd be like, oh, you weren't like cool and mysterious enough today. Like you need to be like the cool and mysterious girl or like. Then the next day, I'd be like, okay, you're just, you're gonna be the fun girl. Like, you're gonna be the fun, goofy girl. Yeah. And I would try so hard to adopt a certain identity until eventually I realized I was kind of all of the above. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm so glad you said that because it's so real. And personally, like, I still struggle with that. And I sometimes have to stop myself from feeling like a failure because I have, I started out with such a strong, uh, identity as an actress and now I'm more than that and sometimes it's it's a scary thought you feel like oh my god am I more than that just because I couldn't just be that but no it's because people are like you said there's they're very they're hopefully well-rounded and there's so much to them and humans are so layered and I think we're in an, we're moving into an era and you inspire me all the time with this I think we're moving into an era where it's not only okay to be multiple things, but it's actually so encouraged. And we're also aware of the fact now that it just doesn't make sense to be one thing and mm -hmm. it's not healthy mentally, especially with acting because there is such a lack of control in that career. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it just, it, it's so special. It makes you you. All of these hats that you wear mm -hmm. are what are you like that's what make you you right and I don't know if it's an age thing like as we get Maybe. older we accept it but just know if you're listening to this and you're like I don't know I I the identity thing the identity crisis is so real and yeah. I think the more we can accept every part of us right like oh I'm a baker I love to bake I love to host uh, my friends over I yeah. love to host vision boarding events I love to do all these things and also you don't have to do anything right it doesn't make you any less of an actress to no. have other avenues exactly exactly and I I totally understand the the scary feeling of like oh no it's slipping away yeah well, why don't I want to go to the movies today why don't I want to yeah. why you aren't know? I obsessed yeah. living breathing like yeah all consuming why like, aren't that's I not healthy enrolled in acting class yeah you know and like I am such a huge supporter of not being in acting class it's such a feeling a mutual feeling amongst actors that it can feel culty and it can feel clicky and it can make yeah. you just not feel good. And then if you're out of it, then you feel left out and da da da. Like, no, create your own lane, your own path. Like, yeah. honestly, if anything, put your head down 
and do you like that's how I've gotten to anywhere I've gotten it's like not listening to the noise of like have your your nurture your close friendships but that girl in acting class that's kind of bothering you or making you feel a certain way that person does not matter like you came here for a reason and that's to nurture and nourish yourself and discover what you have to offer the world and your purpose whether that's just I am me and I love my partner and we love going to farmer markets on Sundays and that's my era right now and that's okay. I think this anxiety of like, oh, I do have to be all the things is also another side of it, you know? Oh yeah, it's so anxiety uh, producing. Yeah, provoking. Provoking, that's the word. Um, It's so true and I think, yeah, I mean, what you said about eras, it's your life is just a, it's just a, what's the word I'm looking for? Compilation of eras, right? Mm -hmm. And so- there, there was a show I watched a while back that it said something in the finale. The theme of the finale was this idea that your life is a series of chapters. And when one closes, another one starts. And it's true. Like everyone's life is a series of chapters just by the mere fact that we go through different ages. And sometimes, you know, we're single. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we have this job. Sometimes we don't. And I think looking at your life with such tunnel vision can be very dangerous and putting that aside and looking at it like, okay, this is the era I'm in. This is the chapter I'm in right now. This is what I'm doing. These are my goals. um, And these are the things I don't really care so much about. And maybe five months from now, five years from now, that will be completely different. But that's what life is that's Mm -hmm. literally what life is Mm -hmm. staying i mean for lack of a better word like being present right like right now this is what's happening and accepting how you're feeling yeah right let's say you're feeling like you don't let's say there's a there's a split second where you're feeling like you don't want to act anymore right and i'm like oh interesting okay take inventory on that feeling you don't, you don't just push it down, right? That's like feeling something toward your partner and then being like, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. And it happens again. I'm not going to say anything, you know, denial, denial. It's scary. I get it. But you have to accept, even if it's just in that moment. And then guess what? You might be inspired in two weeks from seeing a film and being like, ah, there it is again. Yeah. Okay. I want this thing. You know what? I'm going to hit up this agent. I'm going to see what's going on there. And then you see what unfolds there. But I think the shame element that we, all yeah. of us humans do of just like, uh, you're not who you thought you were. Like right. shame, shame, shame. You is really not beat it. yourself up over yeah. not ma- maintaining an identity that you feel so attached to. But it and sure, like if you're in that era where you're living, breathing, all-consuming, you know, one passion, that's fine. But don't beat yourself up when that starts to shift into something else because that just mo- means you're moving into another era. Yeah, and that's what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I, with magic, I was like 2020 is when I created it. And the beginning of 23 this year, I was just like, I'm not feeling anything magic. And I mean, I've put thousands of dollars into this and I'm just like, I am genuine. And this is a passion. You have to be, you know, it's an entrepreneurial venture every day. You have to be like ticking away. And I just wasn't feeling it. And so I accepted it and I shelved it essentially. And I would definitely get moments of feeling um, guilty for not posting on the Instagram or, you know, reaching out to companies about carrying the journal or pushing an email campaign. But I was just like, I don't want to do this right now. I need to yeah. accept that. And guess what? 
the bug came back to, I knew I wasn't done with it. I knew I wasn't like, and that would have been okay if I wanted to close that chapter right. and be like, I created a beautiful product, but I, this is, you know, but it came back in the last couple months and I had a bunch of meetings at stores for the holiday season for the magic journal to be carried. Like it's not over. Cause I think that's another thing too, is we're like, Oh, I can't start it back up again. Or I can't like, yeah, it's like, why? Yeah. If you fall off the wagon and you want to get back on, you can. Yeah. There's no, totally. nobody knows like, oh, you started this in 2020. I, I follow magic. I wouldn't have known that you put it on the shelf for a few months. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, and now I'm, I'm back at it better than ever. And I have all these ideas and I think the strike definitely helped me line that up and be like, okay, where do I want this to go? Right. Everything happens for a reason at specific times. And if you're not ready to hear what you need to hear from the universe and accept it, then you're not ready in that moment. Yeah. I love that. So, now you're giving me the yeah, we both gave each other goosebumps. <laughs> okay. I definitely want to jump into really quick. You started a production company called K factor films. So that must've just been a ripple effect of getting into the directing. And you're like, okay, I want to start my own company for when someone wants me to direct, it'll go through K factor films. Like, how did you start that? So I knew that everyone who was doing this at a high level had a production company of sorts, or at least that's what I thought at the time. And I was like, I got to a point where I was like, oh, I, I should probably have one of these. I'm going to start one. And I had no idea really what it meant at the time, what they really did. Um, even though I'd been in the industry for so long, I, I didn't really understand the nuances of what a production company was. Um, and so I, I called up three people that I had worked with in different capacities um, and on different projects who I knew I wanted to take with me at a at a higher level or in a different caliber down the line at some point. I just didn't quite know what that would look like. And I said, look, I'm starting this production company. I don't know what I'm doing. Can't pay you. I don't really know what this is going to mean or look like, but I would love to have you be a part of it. And all three of them were like, absolutely. I, I want to be in this. And then one of them goes, I guess we should probably have like a weekly meeting, right? <laughs> and I was, I go, oh yeah, that's a great idea. So honestly, since then, we have had our weekly meeting every week and we've all grown and learned together what it means to have a successful production company. And we're still learning and we're still growing. And so that was, it was kind of, I felt like I needed an umbrella for all these projects that I had a certain level of ownership over and that I would in the future. And I needed a little home for them. Mm -hmm. And right. I didn't really feel like I had to pressure myself to be the next A24 tomorrow, but I just needed to create a little home base for, for that moment in time. And then it's kind of grown and grown. Right. So you didn't put too much pressure on it. You're just like, I'm, I'm creating this website. Yeah. Let's, it's a home for everything. Yeah. And called a couple friends and was like, yeah, that's great. And now it's an award-winning production company. That's so exciting. <laughs> we met, by the way, at Nikki's. Was that your directorial <laughs> debut, Night Night? No, that was for the first feature I had ever produced, which um, we made for like 50 grand over the course of three years. Wow, it looked so good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I loved that film. I remember meeting you and being like, who is this girl, Wait, that's this what, boss? Oh, no. 
Oh, I met you at no, I met you at Night Night. Night Night. That was for the first movie I directed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first okay, your directorial debut. Yeah. yeah. That was such a great well, premiere. Feature wise, yeah. Feature wise. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we're out of time now. Oh, that was so fast. I know. That was such a great talk. I learned so much from you. Same. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for um, having me. I was like waiting for you to ask me. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hello? Hello? Like, what, when am I going on? Like when am I going to be asked? I asked you a long time ago too, right? And then it just never. You told me you wanted to be on a long time ago. But you're waiting for like, the ask. You're like official. Yeah. <laughs> well, ground up is another one of those things like magic where I was like. I remember you saying yeah. you were kind of like not it's sure. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's um. I always tell people if they're going to get into this industry, just be prepared to work your ass off mm -hmm. for like no return for <laughs> so long until finally there's a return right but even I've been in this for over 12 years and I still feel like I'm waiting for my like big return you know it's a slow it's a slow burn I feel like people because they see movies and tv shows in euphoria and they see all that you know and they're like oh that's what I want and that's yeah. gonna be easy it's just that's how I felt honestly in the beginning yeah really yeah yeah I was like oh I'll just be an actress i'll just I'll be on Justin disney bieber. channel yeah like, yeah oh by the way remember justin bieber's first remember um oh what's that song it's not baby is it baby? never say never <laughs> no is but remember the lonely girl yes i'm a oh, big believer that's a wait yeah. remember that's the girl one. the music video with the bob yes i feel like her remember the girl wait, what with the black bob <laughs> he's like yeah it's gonna be one less oh, wow. lonely oh my justin. god Justin, had it. I was obsessed. I wrote a whole <laughs> research paper. She's basically Haley right now. So. I'm yeah. basically oh, yeah. Haley. But like hotter, um, hotter Haley. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, thank you so much. Where can everyone yeah. find you? Uh, Instagram. Uh, at Nikki Koss. At Nikki Koss, N-I-K-I-K-O-S-S. -S. Okay. I would say Instagram is the Oh, yeah, don't find me on TikTok. I have a really weird like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Insta girl too. Yeah, mostly. Instagram. I, I do a lot of business out of Instagram. Okay. Um, it's good. Great. I use it mostly for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. I love you. Thanks for I coming love on. You. This is so fun. Mm -hmm.